Welcome to this podcast by The Rocks Church. We hope you find it challenging and inspiring. For more information, visit therocks.church. Yes, who are the durian lovers? Raise your hand. Okay, be envious. For those of you who don't know, this is one of the world's most pungiest, stinkiest fruit, but it's the best fruit in the whole wide world. Couldn't have enough of it. But seriously, I just want to thank all of you for allowing me this luxury of being away for an extended period of time. Uh, It's such a privilege. Uh, I, with a few others, started this church in 2004, and I have never, ever taken a, a long, extended time away like I did, and it couldn't have come at a better time, uh, because at the beginning of my long service leave, my dad uh, went home to be with the Lord, and uh, just couldn't imagine getting back to work right away, so it couldn't have come at a better time, and I just want to thank you for allowing me the opportunity, I want to thank the team, the volunteers, who worked so hard while I'm away to keep this place running, to keep serving people, and this tells me one thing, that this church is not built on one person, Amen. This is our church. There's not one person here. I told the team this morning, there's not one person here who is indispensable. You know, all of us are dispensable. If we have the opportunity to serve, we should say yes and take that opportunity because not everyone is given that opportunity. So again, thank you team for allowing me this wonderful privilege. That's it. All right. If there's one thing that all of us have in common, it's this. All of us love a good story. Don't we? All of us love a good story. Um, Some of you love watching a movie or reading a book. I know my wife, Janine, and some of a few others here, you love K-dramas, right? You watch K-dramas until 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning. Why? Because we all love a good story. Uh, Some of you love to hear stories about your friends, what happened to them. Some of you love to hear or tell your own weird or interesting uh, story. We all love a good story. Before my dad passed away, I used to love listening to his story. um, How his father, that's my grandfather, uh, was killed in the ocean by pirates. Because my grandfather used to transport goods uh, in a boat, and one day he sailed and he never came back. And the assumption is he was killed by pirates. And for that reason, my dad had to drop out of school and work to support his younger siblings as well as his mother. I love to hear a story of survival, story of resilience like that. And all of us love a good story. But there's one thing that we don't realize. What we don't often realize is that we are writing a story right now as we speak. We are writing story right now as we speak. Can I please have my note, uh, Robin? Right? Uh, you and I are writing a story, but we don't even know it. You know why? Because as things are happening in the moment, we don't think of them as stories, do we? You know, we think of stories as things that happened in the past. But do you know that what happens today will one day be a story, right? Someday, we will tell our children, our grandchildren, what we did in 2023. When grandfather was young in 2023, I was 24 years old, you will tell a story of things that are happening today, right? That's why what you do today matters. What 
you do today makes a difference, not just for now, but for generations to come. Because everything that we do, every decision that we make, will become a part of our story. Am I right? Everything will become a part of our story. But more on that a bit later on. We are in the third week of our series that we're calling Good Call. And the reason why we do this series is because we believe the Word of God is practical. All right? The Pharisees, the teachers of the law, they love to argue the law. They love to argue theology. And Jesus came along. What did Jesus do? He teaches us something simple like not to worry. He told us to ask for our daily bread. You can't get more practical than asking God for our daily bread. And in this series, we want to tell you a relationship that a lot of people don't often realize. That there's actually a good relationship between good questions and good decisions. That relationship is good questions lead to good decisions. A lot of you have have made bad decisions in the past because you didn't ask Good questions. A lot of you made your decisions based on your emotions, based on the pressure at the time. But if we had just stopped to ask good questions, I guarantee you it will lead to better decisions and hence it will lead to fewer regrets, right? Like this guy here holding a sign. It's not spiritual attack. You just make bad choices. How many of you agree with that sign? A lot of us Christians, we like to blame on the devil. We like to blame uh, uh, things that happen to us on spiritual attack when actually we just make bad choices in our lives. That's why in this series, we want to give you a handle, all right? How you can start making better decisions that will lead to fewer regrets in your life. And it's very simple, all right? Imagine, before you make an important decision, Imagine you're holding an imaginary remote control like this with a big fat pause button. And before you make an important decision, right, anything of significance, just imagine that you press that pause button on that remote and then you do these three things. Number one, you ask good questions, all right? And then number two, you answer them honestly. And then finally, number three, you act on your honest answers. That's it. It's very simple. If you do this, I guarantee you, you will make better decisions and have fewer regrets. Why is this important? It's important because you will have a better life when you do this. Not only you, but people who look up to you, people who depend on you, they will have better lives when you make better decisions. Why? Because you know this, and I know this, we are not the only people impacted by our decisions, right? Some of you here can testify to that. Some of you are the beneficiaries of some of the great decisions your parents made in the past on your behalf. Maybe a decision to stay married to your mom. That's the reason why you are who you are today. You are the beneficiaries of some of the great decisions that your parents made. But on the other hand, some of you are here. You are, quote-unquote, the victims or some of the bad decisions that your parents made in the past. You are not the only person impacted by your decisions. You are not the only person impacted by your regrets as well. So be careful of the decision that you make today, right? And here's the first question that we, we 
taught you last week, and Alistair did such a great job. If you were not here, you might want to listen to it again. The first question that you want to ask is this. Am I being honest with myself, really? A few years ago, I had an opportunity for an investment, a business investment that, that I took, and I did not ask the integrity question. I lied to myself. I told myself, this is a great thing. It's a passive income. I'm going to earn money so that I can give more to the church. You know, you know you're good at giving yourself excuses when, when, when you try to sell yourself something on. You're not sure it's really good. So I was not asking the integrity question. And as a result, I lost quite a bit of money on that investment. Before you buy that thing, before you enter that relationship, before you make that business decision, stop, press the pause button, ask yourself, why am I buying this thing? Why do I enter this relationship? Why do I make that decision? And then you ask, am I being honest with myself, really? So that's the first question. The second question is what we call the legacy question. It's actually very simple. The question is, what story do you want to tell? What story do you want to tell? Because every single day, like I said, you're writing the story of your life, aren't you? You are writing the story of your life. Every decision that you make will become a permanent part of your life. You write the story of your life one decision at a time. Your boss asks you to lie to a client, and the client finds out about, about it. And he calls you on that lie. And your boss doesn't want to take the blame. He blames you for lying to your client. And you lost your job as a result. Now, that's one story. Here's another story. Your boss asks you to lie to your client. And then you refuse to lie to your client. And your boss gets angry. You still get fired. You still lose your job. But that's a much better story, isn't it? That's a story that you don't mind telling your children. Like, one day, my boss asked me to do this, and dad said no, and I lost my job, but that's all right. My integrity is more important, and I did find another job eventually. That's a much better story to tell. You know, you're writing the story of your life one decision at a time. The question that you need to ask yourself is, what story do I want to tell? But here's the challenge. Not many of us... <laughs> When making a decision, ask this question. You know why? Because all of us, I guarantee you, myself included, when we make decisions, we usually make decisions based on what? Our emotions. And also the pressure at the time. Not based on the stories that we want to tell. That's, that's why a lot of good salespeople, they know about this, and they will not let you leave the store until you buy something, right? Because when you are emotionally charged, when you touch that shiny new iPhone, you know, when you get into that leather seat of that brand new car, you know, you just got to drive it home. You just got to have that thing, right? The moment you walk away, the emotion dies down, and you might not make that purchase. So a lot of us make decisions based on our emotions. Your marriage is on the rocks. Your husband asks to go to a counseling session, but you refuse because you hate him so much, at the time at least anyways. Somebody in the office pays attention to you. 
his marriage is also in trouble. And he seems to understand your plight exactly. Kindred spirit, you see. So you decide to divorce your husband. He decides to divorce his wife. Now your children have to go back and forth between two houses. Is that the story you want to tell? You see, you know, we make a lot of our decisions based on, on our emotion. And here's the tip that I want to give you. Before making a decision, especially if you, are, if you know you are emotionally charged, all right, do this. When faced with that kind of decision, a strong emotional appeal is a red flag. It's not a green light. What you need to do in that situation is grab your imaginary remote control, press that pause button, and ask yourself this very important question, Number one, am I being honest with myself, really? Why do I really talk to her? Why do I really want that iPhone? Why do I really want to enter that business deal? And then second, ask yourself, what story do I want to tell? In our Bible, there's a famous story, the story of Joseph. Not Joseph, the husband of Mary, but Joseph, the son of Jacob. You can read this story in the book of Genesis. Uh, the story of Joseph happened when he was about 17 years old. It happened around 1800 BC, before Christ. So Joseph uh, is the 11th of the 12 sons of Jacob. Uh, and, J- and Joseph, in this story, he finds himself in a situation not of his own choosing. You see, Joseph is Jacob's favorite son. And that makes his brothers envious. So one day, the brothers decide to kill Joseph, and then they thought of a better plan. They decide to just sell Joseph as a slave. And then they lie to their father, saying that Joseph was attacked and killed by a wild animal. I want to stop right here, because this is important. Can you imagine the 10 older brothers of Joseph had to live with that secret, with that lie, for the rest of their lives. Can you imagine? Do you think they'd be proud of that story? Do you think they would be proud to tell their children, hey, dad was envious of our younger brother Joseph, so me and nine of my other brothers, we decided to beat him up and sold him as a slave? And then we lied to our father and broke his heart for the rest of his life? Would that be the story that you would be proud to tell your children? The answer obviously is no. You see, what makes the story of Joseph very, very interesting to a lot of people, even people who are non-Jew or non-Christians, is because we can relate to the story of Joseph, can't we? We can relate really well. Why? Because a lot of us are, again, quote-unquote, victims of other people's decisions. See, Joseph didn't choose to be sold as a slave. He didn't choose that path in his life. It was the decision of the brothers that put him on that path. Again, I want to remind you the magnitude of the important decision that we are making every single day. We are not the only people impacted by our decisions. Right? Your children, your grandchildren, 
your colleagues at work, your community, your country might be impacted by the decision that you make today. All right. So back to Joseph. The story continues. Joseph was sold to a military general by the name of Potiphar in Egypt. And Joseph had, has a decision to make. Do I just get by as a slave? Do I do the bare minimum like all the other slaves? Or do I make the best of my situation? Whatever life throws at me, if life throws me a lemon, I'm going to make a lemonade. I'm going to make the best of the, best of the situation. Which option do you think Joseph chose? He chose the latter option, and he decides to give it all he has and serve Potiphar's house the best that he could. And with God's help, through sheer determination and honesty, Potiphar notices Joseph and trusts him with more and more responsibility, more and more responsibility, until Joseph becomes the only person in charge of all of the affairs of Potiphar. Not just his house, not like, you know, cleaning and all that, but all his businesses. Every, uh, businesses that he, every business that he has, Joseph is in charge of everything. But the story of Joseph doesn't end there. For those of you who are familiar with this story, you would know. Potiphar's wife takes an interest in Joseph. She wants to sleep with him. Again, Joseph is faced with a decision. And what is interesting about, what's, what's interesting about this decision, I want you to just pay attention a little bit. Joseph actually employs this technique that we are talking about this morning. Joseph actually, if you don't believe me, you can read the story for yourself. Joseph actually recounts his story, get this, out loud, all right? When I ask you to consider the story of your life before you make a decision, I'm asking you to consider that, you know, question internally, right? Ask yourself, you know, uh, does this decision affect me, or affect my children, my grandchildren in a way that I will be proud of in the future? But Joseph, <laughs> this is super, super interesting. He asked the question out loud. He recounts his life story as a basis for his response to Potiphar's wife. I'm going to summarize his response uh, because of time uh, in the first half, at least the first part of his response. And then the second half, I'm going to read you straight from the text what Joseph actually says to Potiphar's wife. All right? This is what he says essentially. Mrs. P, Mrs. Potiphar, I came to this land with nothing. I was nothing. I had no hope. I had no future. And your husband bought me. And your husband shows kindness to me. And he trusts me with things. And then he trusts me with more things. My life is good. My life is becoming better and better as we speak. And then he continues. And this is what he says in the text. In Genesis 39 verse 8 and 9. He says this. With me in charge, he told her. My master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you. Why? Because you are his wife. 
Come on, Mrs. Potiphar, think about this. Do you want this to be a part of your story? Do you want an affair with a Hebrew slave to be a part of your story that you will tell your children and grandchildren someday? I don't think that's what you want. And then Joseph, using all of this as his backdrop, all right, give this powerful, powerful response to Mrs. Potiphar. He says, how then, how then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? Come on, Mrs. Potiphar, think about this. Considering everything your husband has done, considering my life story, do you think I want to add adultery to the ending of my story? Do you think I want to add you know, betrayal to my story? I don't think so. So what Joseph is saying essentially is this. Mrs. Potiphar, I have two options right here. And by the way, this is such an important decision. It's not about morality. You see, when you are a slave in those days, this is not a question of morality. When your boss asks you to do something, it's a question of life and death, right? Actually, it's a question of death and death. Whatever he decides, he might die. So what he's saying to Mrs. Potiphar essentially is this. As far as I'm concerned, I have two options. They will become a story of my life. Story number one, I was purchased by my master, and he shows kindness to me. He entrusted me with things until I became the most trusted person in his household, and I took advantage of that trust, and I slept with his wife. That could be part of my story. Or my story could be this. I was sold as a slave in Egypt. My master bought me, and my master showed kindness to me. He entrusted me with things, more and more things, until I became the most important person in his household, and I had the opportunity to betray him. But I decided not to take advantage of his trust. I decided to keep my integrity and said no to that opportunity, no matter what happens. And Mrs. Potiphar, I choose the second story. Essentially, that's what he's saying. He recounted what happened to him as a story, and he projected into the future, how can I do this? It's impossible for me to do this, considering my life story. So Joseph decided a story worth telling. The question that I have for you this morning is very simple. What story do you want to tell? Some of you might be saying to me, yeah, all that is fine and good, Daniel, but I wish you had told me this 15 years ago or 10 years ago. Uh, it's a bit too late for me now. Well, I have good news for you. It's not too late. You are still writing your story right now. Do you know that? When Joseph eventually... Continuing the story of Joseph, Joseph was thrown in jail. He was in a dungeon, but that was not the end of his story either. Just because you're in a dungeon right now, just because you're in the valley right now, doesn't mean that's the end of your story. Joseph continued to be faithful. He was promoted in prison. He was promoted again before Pharaoh became the second most important person in the whole Egypt this time, all right? Because he was able to interpret Pharaoh's dream. 
And with his power, he was able to rescue his brothers and his father who came to Egypt to look for food. And again, Joseph has a decision to make. Whether he's going to be bitter or whether he's going to write his story and say, my brothers came to me, my brothers who sold me as a slave, and I decide to forgive them because I don't want bitterness to be a part of my story. You are still writing your story right now. You are only writing chapters, verses of your life, but your story, as long as you're still breathing, your story is not finished yet. So make sure that you write a story that you will be proud to tell. Let me tell you, every single time you choose generosity, you choose to write a better story. Every single time you choose forgiveness, you choose to write a better story. Every single time you choose faithfulness, your marriage is tough, but you choose faithfulness, you are choosing to write a better story. So make sure that you write a good one. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more great resources and to keep yourself up to date, head to our website. Visit the rocks dot church.